This is the I Shoulda Did More Reading podcast. I Shoulda Did More Reading dot com. I Shoulda Did More Reading or Shoulda Did More Reading on Instagram. We That's are, a lot of words. We are on. I know it could be worse, George. I don't know how it could be worse, but <laughs> but uh, hang on. We're on Instagram, on Twitter at Shoulda Did More, I think, and um, Instagram. What else did I miss? Sign up on, follow us on YouTube, and that's uh, subscribe and iTunes, and we're on Stitcher and SoundCloud and Google Play everywhere, everywhere, all over the place. But subscribe, damn it, to uh, iTunes and YouTube. We have a ridiculously low number of subscribers. I am uh, one of them. Are you really? I am. Then you're a fifth of our entire <laughs> uh, fan base. So we're going to change that today. Yeah, That's George, use your power. I will people, use it with networking. You are I on will. the ground floor of this. Did you have an Apple Two C? Uh, no, but Richard Cherney, my business partner, did. Mm-hmm. I had one. It was. Yeah. It blew me away because I didn't yeah. know how to use it for anything. That was the way, wasn't it? <laughs> I saw the Apple Lisa actually when it was. You know, it was like this twelve thousand dollar computer that came out before the Mac, and oh, it did well, everything the Mac did except it was. Well, know, was actually, like it was eighty three or eighty two. It was like eighty two. Mm. All right, hang in there. Just, All right, keep going. Let's, this before is, we go, obviously let's keep this going. Is Tom. Jay is on special assignment. This is Tom here with you all. And um, I am thrilled to introduce you to George Capalbo. George Capalbo not only is a friend, but is a um, computer architect, George. He's an of innovator. Some sort. Yes. He's an innovator. He does all sorts of uh, radio and broadcasting things. technology, yes. among other stuff. He's done a thousand things in his life. He's a fascinating guy. He knows all sorts of uh, um, useful and useless knowledge. Mostly useless. Exactly. And um, and you should follow George, by the way, at G Capalbo on Twitter. And he does the, I don't know what you call them now. I'm now calling them the Boston Technology Minute. The Boston Technology Minute. Maybe I'll chuck one in here right here. We could. So people will hear him. We could. The Boston Technology Minute is sponsored by Call Andy Macintosh Consulting, offering intelligent support and managed services for Macintosh-based environments. Give them a call at 508-650-6113. This is the Boston Technology Minute with George Capalbo. Virtual reality doesn't make your skin crawl? MIT and Disney can fix that. Yeah, researchers at MIT's Media Lab, Disney, and Carnegie Mellon have developed a wearable they're calling it the Force Jacket. When you put it on, it simulates physical sensation on your skin. Inside, 26 tiny air bladders, any of them can be compressed or deflated up to 40 times per second by miniature computer-controlled vacuum pumps and compressors. The whole thing is connected to 360 VR immersive video game software so you feel and not just see the virtual world around you <laughs> stuff like come here how about a virtual hug hey you or someone tapping you on the shoulder <laughs> or a punch or riding a motorcycle or standing outside in a driving rainstorm or slime dripping down your back or bugs crawling on your skin or a snake slithering across your body Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Remember, it's always a visceral experience to follow me at Chica Palbo on Twitter and stay tuned to the Boston Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this. That was the Boston Technology Minute. So now everybody gets a... Uh, it was good, wasn't it? Yes, it was very nice. It resonates, too, and it, it stands up, which is important. <laughs> All 
All right, George, uh, let's start from the beginning here. Where are you from? Uh, I am from Mars. No, I'm from Worcester. Worcester is uh, Massachusetts. Central Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. It's a 45-minute drive on the weekend from Mm -hmm. Boston, uh, but it is about 37 miles west of Boston. I was born there and uh, lived there until I was about two. Then I moved south to Millbury, town over, and I lived there until I was in about my 20s and, um, you know, out of college and uh, came east. How was your childhood there? How did you like it, it? It was good, and it's strange. I'm back. I've actually inherited yeah. the house, and I'm moving back. So Any you, siblings? You can go home again. No, I'm an only, so I I got like everything. An only child, grew up in uh, an interesting time. We're around the same age. Maybe yeah. a couple I'm of years older than you. Yeah. I'm in the '60s, so, so, so mainly the '60s, my right. childhood, and my teenage years in the '70s. So what kind of kid were you? Were you a sports kid? Um, I was a nerd kid. I yep. was always building stuff. I was always uh, I was always basically creating things. Well, that's isn't Goddard from Western Mass? Goddard is from Worcester. As a matter of fact, there you go. He had, he had gone to my college. I want some points for my rocket technology. Awesome. Yes, uh, the first you know, liquid field rocket. He's very famous. As a matter of fact, I met his widow in the early seventies. She and Jim Lovell appeared at the Worcester Science Center, and a Lovell wow. appeared in a Navy helicopter, like the kind they they ferry Trump out of the White House with. Right? It was very impressive. Ooh, that big! Oh, that's yeah. great. It was really. It's like a very big moment. That's why I remember it from the helicopter. When was Jim Lovell there? This, so this is probably right seventy seventy one. So, Apollo so 7? it was right after. It was. It was probably. Uh, it was actually. It was probably after Apollo thirteen. Okay. So it was probably like a year after Apollo thirteen. And you, for you, that must have been incredible. That was incredible. And t- I was a science nerd. I was oh, a, yeah. the space program was my life back in those days. Oh wow! Uh, completely, I knew everything. So, were you, did you watch the moon landing? Absolutely. I get to stay up late. You missed the entire Chappaquiddick series. I did. That was a, that was like you know three or four pages in, just a little article. You know, it wasn't a big deal. Okay, right? so you're yeah. a kid growing up there, and that yeah. was the same house. That's a big house, big yard, yeah. and so you yeah. could do tinker around and do stuff. I could do stuff. Did you, what were, did you invent stuff as a kid? I did invent stuff. I used to build, I remember like I built on a paper thing looks like a modern cell phone. And I, I really, really? I'm finding all this stuff now. I, you know, sadly, my mom passed away mm-hmm. about uh, six months ago or four months ago, five months ago. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been taking care of her for the right. last four years with mm-hmm. my son. And, um, you know, and I found out she's kept everything. So I've got, it's like going through the history, replaying my life. It's like that episode of Star mm-hmm. Trek with the Guardian of the Galaxy or the Guardian of the Gateway. And, uh, you know, it replays time. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But yeah, you can go home again, but I'm completely <laughs> ripping the place out and changing it. So it we're going so to that. place. That's we'll get to that. That's an entire important Because you, you have a, perhaps a project happening. Oh, yeah. No, right. I've, definitely. And I've also got a, a house that parents and grandparents have lived in as well. Yeah. And, um, all right, so you're in. Your dad was an engineer. My dad was a radio engineer. Was he yes. also kind of a tech geek? Then, obviously, he was. He he was always. He, he turned out to be kind of an architect as well. Mm-hmm. He would design studios, but from the electronic side. And he had a guy that uh, uh, Dominic Radakia from Boston mm-hmm. contractors, and I think he's passed on. That uh, would do the construction part of it. Good team, and they went around the country building stuff. Really, building radio studios for, for RKO. How cool is that? It's like, uh, do you remember RKO had a studio at Harvard Community Health Plan building? That was right across from Fenway. Originally, it was a parking lot. It was literally like a floor in a parking garage with lines and cement posts. And, and a year later, a year and a half later, it was a radio station. What, is that impressive. building still up? I'm sure there's still something there. Who knows what the space is? But they, you know, they built space in a parking garage from scratch. Isn't that fascinating? It was, it was really interesting That's to do. That's back when a studio engineer was a studio engineer. I remember, Probably I was, white short sleeve shirt, black tie. Yeah, exactly. I was just talking to, to Matt. 
Fitzgerald, who was in this mm-hmm. week, right? And uh, he was working he works, at Channel he works 7. For, uh, he's a local guy, radio guy. Right, local radio guy. And he worked at Channel 7. My dad was involved in building that building. I remember sitting on a catwalk with him with the plans, and he's showing me where stuff's going to go. In Bowdoin. Uh, and no, the government center channel yeah, seven it, building. It's still yeah, it's there. Yeah, Bowdoin. Yeah, Bowdoin's right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Behind it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I saw that go up wow. too. So it was cool stuff. My goodness. In fact, I found in the archives at home, a pop-up of that building. It's like, well, this no. building is coming. Yeah, I still have it. I'm saving it. That is such a cool I will show item. that to you sometime. It really is. Oh my goodness. And you open it up and it's, you know, it's the building. All right. So you've got a dad who's in the field. You're an enthusiast, only child in the sixties. Um, what kind of stuff were you building? Uh, I would build model rockets. I would build cars. Workable model rockets? Flyable model rockets. And it took a little bit of um, little gasoline or kerosene or something? No, they're, they're actually, so they're actually engines that were made by this company called Estes Industries. They were literally, you know, they're meant to be safe, quote unquote. You couldn't yeah. blow it. Because early in the space program, apparently, people were blowing their hands off. They'd, they'd take <laughs> matchsticks and put them in, into CO2 cartridges, and then they would just explode and they'd lose an eye or something. So this this guy started this company, and it turned out it'd be a big deal. still exists. Estes Industries. You can go to Micro Center, right. and they have them, a wall of them. You go right. to a hobby shop, they still have them. Yeah, my brother just got my son a rocket. Nice. That, that's it's it's a good work. time. We're going to try it as soon as it gets nice. So that's interesting. I never thought of the fact that, of course, this the rocket toy boom is coinciding with the space race, of course. It, 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 it could make perfect sense, and everybody was into it. That was, you know, it was... Was the big thing i mean i think and it was really if you think about it history of mankind yeah. it's a big deal so star trek must have just been... and star trek was completely my life yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, I mean there, at that point there was nothing like there was no space stuff really at there was, all there were some bad outer space there's a lot of bad stuff and there was a lot of there were like shows like lost in space which were fun but they weren't science fiction they were just goofy right, right. but star trek was was supposed to be serious mm-hmm. fiction but you know it, it really still resonates yeah no, yes. to this day, certainly. If you look at the tricorder and the, uh, you know, in the in the smartphone, I mean, geez, that's right. What are we doing here? Well, and Leonard Nimoy has said that people walked up to him and said, you know, I'm an engineer at Bell Labs. I made the cell phone because of the tricorder and because of the cell, mm-hmm. you know, the communicator. I completely just did that. How cool is that? Yeah, they influenced the whole thing. Even the chirp. Exactly. I don't have mine with me today. I do have one. I don't and you know, we commonplace. We use sliding doors all the time. Absolutely. Which, which are wonderful, by the way. Those were done with ropes, apparently. I, Back I in the day, they wouldn't open them. Shatner told a story. He was in Worcester. Mm-hmm. They showed The Wrath of Khan. Did this you see that? Recently. This is recently. Yep. This is uh, April 3rd. And he said, yeah, they were on ropes. So he said, I would walk into the doors and, <laughs> and, uh, and hurt myself because the guy'd be snoozing. You know, not waiting, getting the cue. So he started I'm sure making Shatner the sound. Let him know about it too back then. He started making the sound when he walked up to the door, and they'd hear it, and they'd pull the door. Oh, that's great! So it was good. Can you imagine that being a how low tech it was? Yeah, really? and just probably what a small production operation. Uh, I think Star Trek. For, I think for its day, it was mm-hmm. actually pretty expensive. It was done yeah. by Lucille Ball. She and Desi oh, really? owned a studio. Desi Lou yeah. is their studio, and that was one of her pro- that, that Mission Impossible mm-hmm. and you know a couple of very iconic things came out of that time. Were you um, a voyage to the bottom of the sea? Guy? I like that. That was that was just that was goofy, kind of Star but Trek it was fun. Itself. It was. It was it was that was had some serious elements to it. It was kind of funny. Yeah. It was a little campy, but I liked it. Oh, I loved that. I had a model of the flying sub. Do you remember oh, the flying sub? Of course, sub? that yeah. thing it looked like a stingray. Yeah, it did exactly correct. That thing was incredible. Yeah, was, and those was were good two stuff. serious actors. They, they were Richard Captain Basehart, Queen, right? 
right? Yeah. And uh, who's the other Admiral guy? Nelson, um, right? um, he's still alive. He he was in a couple of the Bond films. I can't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, it was now. Captain Crane. He was in the Fly. The handsome. Yes, I remember. Help me, help, help me. I remember right. the that first, the real Fly. The real Fly, not Goldblum. the not the gross one. Yeah, that real that Fly. We my dad took us to see that in the science museum when they were showing retro <laughs> movies. That thing scared the hell out of. That is a great movie. The original fly, black and white. So, by the way, I'm planning a road trip. You ought to be in on this because it's in the Boston area. You, I think you've never seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Have never, no. Okay. On June 1st, Friday night, 8 o'clock, there's a link. I'll get you the link. We can we can put it up and, and people can show up that listen to this podcast and we'll have a party. And uh, they're going to run a film, new print, 70 millimeter, color corrected of 2001 A Space Odyssey, Ooh. the way it was shown originally. And You're I'm kidding. going. I got tickets already. I'm, I got a, a bunch of my MIT nerd friends are going. You ought to go. Other people ought to go. Where is it? It's at the Somerville Theater. Oh. So it's close by. You could just do a T, you know, to get there. Right. right. And not that it would apply to me or you, but um, I believe there are a couple of uh, bar rooms in the area. There, there might be. So right. we could, it's an eight o'clock show. Mm-hmm. We could show up early. We could not have the a kind place of thing to you meet. You want to do sober, I don't think. No. Well, there were, you know, apparently in the day, right. it wasn't just liquor. The thing that made oh, that movie yeah. resonate, you know, is 60, 68, people would show up and sit in the front row and there'd oh. be an odor. <laughs> things that are but legal odor, now. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. There may be some tabs too. There might be some things that, yeah. that sort of, <laughs> but that's a really cool movie. That's actually a, it's a pretty serious Were movie. Were you ever a, a weed smoker? No. Did you ever try it all? No, because my I figured my brain is the only thing I've got in the 21st yeah. century. I mean, I, obviously I might've addled it with, um, you know, other liquids, but yeah. not, not drugs i feel like uh un- right. unprescribed drugs that are unknown are it's going to be a bad idea yeah yeah. but i don't have anything against it i have no private friends that smoked back in the day and didn't you know i'm not moral about it it's just for me i just thought that would do it yeah and to this day i haven't done it and people have i have friends now you know california i was in california mm-hmm. and she said you know I, I, it's a nice safe place and i said nah you know i haven't done it up till now i'm going to keep going oh yeah i, I agree with you yeah. i'm not a, I, I have certainly smoked weed but i'm not uh it's just not my thing. No. That's my thing. I'd and take I, a martini any day. Martini is my drug mm-hmm. of choice. So that would be a plan. Martinis in 2001. Yeah. You're in if you're in. You I, can, you can, it's, it's rated G. You could bring a kid. <laughs> or two uh, or three. We'll, we'll see. They I make it a little bored. But yeah. But uh, June 1st. We'll see. It's interesting that that, the, the um, theme of the machines taking over. Oh, it's it's still it's still good oh, today more than ever i mean you got 2001 certainly the terminator was right. a big one and now more with people talking about boston dynamics and all those things walking yes. around next to you you saw like, did you see the thing with elon no I, not this elon is, Musk, the there, Amazon this is guy. my new tech minute oh, this, oh it you is you don't have okay. maybe maybe you'll maybe that's the one you're playing i don't yeah, know maybe that's the one we, i think that's the one we played <laughs> it I is the one we, i forgot that's, that's the right. one we played yeah so that's that's going to be all about that and oh, wow. uh essentially I'm stringing together the fact that Boston Dynamics, uh, Elon Musk just said humans are underrated. Uh, <laughs> d- d- you, you like Westworld, right? Did you have no, someone oh, here no. from Westworld? Uh, yeah, we did. It was a good guy. He's a nice guy. He yeah. plays. Oh, he just signed that hat, actually. There you go. Yeah. My wife likes Westworld. And a lot of people do. I Actually, yeah. I don't have HBO, so I haven't seen it, but I have a friend that's got them off license, and I may have mm-hmm. seen one of them, you know, or two of yeah. them occasionally. But uh, in London, about two or three weeks beforehand, they had some company, just take some random guy, and they made an android of him, and they sat him in a pub, and he talked, and he moved, and he looked. It's still the Uncanny Valley, and he was talking. It was like a stunt for Westworld. It's still the what? It was a stunt for Westworld to say you- You said something valley? The Uncanny Valley, which is, if you if you have a robot, yeah. you look at it, and something looks weird about it to yes. you. Yes. It just yeah. creeps you out a little bit in some subconscious <laughs> way. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, there exactly are some right. uh, selling though that people are willing to take that. Uh, yeah. Well, there's yeah. some other there's some yeah. other venues yeah. where it's dark. You yeah. know, when you when you interact with the robot, yeah. that it doesn't really matter so much. But uh, isn't that it's more touch? You know, sense of smell is uh, maybe be, not there. That'll be interesting to see when yeah. men and women regularly are buying robots instead of spouses, because there are apparatuses now that people. It'll there's be all sorts of stuff out there in the market. What happens. Um, but um, <clears throat> all right. So Star Trek is on. Getting back to, to the yeah, yes. Good. Star Star Trek is on. Star Trek gets canceled after like two years or something, right? Three years. Three years. It got three seasons. If it hadn't done the third season, you'd never heard from it again because they didn't have enough to replay it. So oh. it went into syndication. And then it found its audience, and the same the same Shatner thing. He tells the story. Star Wars happens, right? And Paramount says, "What have we got? This is huge. We need something. Wait a minute. We've got this Star Trek thing," and so they did it. And they made got a movie. Out they of made it. a movie. Mm-hmm. They got Robert Wise, who did West Side Story mm-hmm. and all sorts of great films. And he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. Right. And it showed it was a terrible movie. This is around 78 or 9. It's like 79. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I saw that in the theater at the time as a kid. I was disappointed. And I didn't know what the hell was happening. I still took not sure. I know. I was like that with 2001. I walked mm-hmm. in. I, we were a few, a few minutes late and it's the apes at the dawn of man. And I looked at my dad and I said, are we in the right movie? <laughs> I came here for spaceships, yeah. you know, so, so yeah, but yeah, that was not good. The first Star Trek, but then they got better and the next generation and it still lives. There's this new all access oh, yeah. series on CBS all access, but I've seen the first one. I don't, I don't feel like there's enough there to buy it and it, you know, to go buy an extra oh. fee. I've got Netflix, yeah. I got Amazon prime, you know, it's like, I don't know. And the ones that came out in the theater, like 10 years ago, the movies, I thought were pretty good. It was Those different. are good. They, they rebooted it. Yeah. They it, changed it. Yeah. Different animal a little bit, but um, but but it was not disrespectful to the original. I mean, that's one of the things. And that actually, movies are getting better about that, where they're not just being moronic about well, sequels. Although we went through a rough patch with the Star Wars Star Wars prequels. The ice, not really. Uh, those weren't good. Ugh. Those were not good. I was really I was up for those as well. And then they were kind of they were just George Lucas said, "I've got these computers and I can play, and no one can tell me to stop." Yeah. So and that's also, what George he did. Lucas was a different guy by then. You know, he turned but, into Darth Vader. Well, no, I wish he had. He turned into uh, the, he turned into like a, a, a soft touch. Really, it was, it was really kind of odd. Oh, well, he turned into Darth Vader at, at the end, maybe when when he became anyway. So, what do you think? Of, what do you think of these new ones? I'm not. I the jury's out. They're okay. Uh, it doesn't seem there's, they're not made, resonating. With I mean, me. To, to me, growing up, there were there were movies, and then there were Star Wars. Those three were not like movies. Those were special. Those were the holy canon. The you know. first Star Wars film, which mm-hmm. blew my mind. So, so, so my dad worked in radio, and he was running this engineering for RKO, which was 14 mm-hmm. stations across the country. And so I would go with him. It's summer vacation. I'd just go with him. So we're in Los yeah. Angeles, and Star Wars, there are lines around the block every night to see it. It just came mm-hmm. out. And I said, ah, I wish I could see this. And I looked. There's a theater across the street from my hotel, and it says they have a 10.30 show, and I think in the morning, so I think I'll go. There's like three people in the theater, and me, and it's a 70-millimeter print, nine-track sound. It's a new print in 1977, not, you know, they they apparently left the negative for that, like on the back porch or something, and they had to restore it. I don't know why they did wow. that, or it got copied too many times or mm-hmm. something, but it was pristine, and the sound was fantastic, and it just blew my mind. And I came outside, and I said, telephone poles and, you know, old cars. This is weird. It was just completely great. And then The Empire Strikes Back was even better. 
Wait, when you came outside, you saw telephone poles. I saw. I looked around the real the real world, and I yeah. said, "I want spaceships. I want right. that. Li- I want to live in that world. I don't oh, want yeah. to live in the the sort of primitive world we yeah. live in in the ni- in 1977." And it was so thoughtful for him to make everything beat up and dusty. that was the, that was their that was their it skill. Was so brilliant, it was used, yeah, and to use to borrow sounds from yeah. diving Messerschmitts and other things. Oh, that was a lot of work there, Ben Burt. The sound guy. Really? Oh, yeah. One of my heroes, you know, sound effects. Oh, there was no... I mean, what other movie in the world had the coolest new noises? They, the and sound, they did. The, the, the hum of the lightsabers they did. and the... They did completely. Oh, yeah. And the phase... Everything. Every It's funny. For, for such cool sounds, the, the, the marksmanship was terrible in... in in Star Wars. It was. Yeah. Yes, it was. And, unless you got a lightsaber, then it was okay. Well, you know, I'll tell you, here's the other thing about Star Wars that made it, I think it made it successful. I don't know if you remember that era. Maybe you might have been too young, mm-hmm. but movies were pretty downer. They were, they're the anti-hero era. Right. Everything Deer was kind of psych. Everything was, you know, cynical. Mm-hmm. Like there was a movie, Electra Glide in Blue. And at the end of the movie, the hero, is, he's, a, he's a traffic cop and he gets shot in the face and he's laying on the ground and they get a long pan of him just sitting there dead. At the end of the movie, like the hero dies. Star Wars, it was happy. It was a happy oh, ending. Yeah. They won. The good guys won. They had a celebration at the end, and people really needed that. I think that was part mm-hmm. of it, but most of it was just it was shiny and new, and it, but it was old, and it was cool. And they found all these unknown actors, and uh, they they really hated it, except for Alec Guinness, who apparently right. hated it. Just did it for the money. Thought this was stupid. <laughs> Worked out okay for him, right? I but, like that he thought it was stupid. Yeah, that was good. That it happens. was probably the right thing to think. He had worked with enough people by then to say, yeah. "Oh God, great!" Now I got now his, his hippie director is going to show me what to do. But Star Wars now is it lives on to this day. It's a revered thing. Look, there's a, apparently there's a Millennium Falcon parked on Hollywood Boulevard this weekend for the oh, premiere. Really? Yeah, it is <laughs> interesting, and we both have this now that it that. It's weird to have played with toys that now our kids pl- have played with the same exact thing yeah. and know as much about them as you do. Yeah. They know the story of Darth Vader. They exactly. know the story of all these things, just like you would. Yep, exactly. You know? Exactly. But they, we, I don't know if they have access to something. Remember that like, there was such a run on all the toys that all the superfluous ones, sometimes you'd have to get like, well, I don't, I don't know, maybe... The really like old hammerhead, stuff. yeah, and like uh, the like the you'd have to get all the ancillary character toys because you know they were just you couldn't get the good ones. Yeah, Luke was gone. There's no uh, and apparently yeah. that's how George Lucas made his money. They didn't care about the merchandising rights, right? So he went out and did everything. You know, bed spreads, pillowcases, yeah. shoes. You yeah, know, had uh, them all. The lunch combs, for me lunch was boxes. The, it was a coup. That was a good. That was good stuff. And that's how he funded the next movie. He kind of controlled that mostly himself. So where were you uh, during the moon landing? So during the moon landing, I was 10 years old and I was sitting in my parents' house and uh, I got to stay up late because they, they walked out on the moon about 1030 and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got to see it and it was this kind of crappy black and white picture, but it was a big deal. And I remember the next day, the Today Show reran the entire three hour moonwalk in oh its entirety, goodness. you know, and just, it was amazing. The world was just a buzz. I mean, the newspapers all had, uh, you know, the 58 point headlines that covered half the down to the fold man on moon yes it was a big deal you know you go outside and you look up and say this guy's on the moon right now this is really cool you think about the moon shot it's unbelievable that they pulled that off it really is more than once unbelievable you're bouncing the the capsule just saying good luck Uh, here we go they they know orbital dynamics all the computers really on the ground and they would just yep. radio stuff to them. But they did have computers on board the, the uh, spacecraft. I, so there's actually, I, I worked with a guy years later 
who apparently told me a story about the Apollo 11 moon landing. So they were writing the code for the LEM, the moon lander, mm-hmm. the day before the launch, and they loaded the wrong version on the LEM to, when they launched. So they had the wrong version of software. And when they're going to land, there was basically, they, they loaded their landing computer program and their takeoff program in case they had to abort. And that right. overloaded it. There was a bug, and it started giving them errors. And Armstrong ended up, you know, they ended up ignoring them. The system was built well enough they could do that well. After that landing and after that mission, they said, well, what do we do to keep that from happening? So this, this, these two people from MIT s- suggested this company. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was basically like software to check software. Mm-hmm. And they just took all the money and built, built a nice building and it failed. Oh my but goodness. it was really interesting. But that was the interesting part is that they, and that makes perfect sense to me as a software developer. They had the wrong version of the code on the, sh- you know, on the ship at launch time and they couldn't change it and they had to work around it. I mean, at that point, how sophisticated could programming coding language be? It wasn't that sophisticated. It was very, very small amount. Like your phone has probably got more power than all of the NASA computers on the ground entirely, you know, uh, of any of all the Apollo landings. But they pulled it off. How could they make changes from mission control into space? Radio waves? They were radio waves. They just they'd send them numbers to type in, you know, to control their engines and things like that. So in this landing, Armstrong ended up taking over and landing it manually. Because he had nerves of steel and ice water ran through his veins. See, that's why they pick guys like that. They're test right. pilot guys. They're just cool and calm and collected. Yeah. And they, you know, they had the speech ready in case they crashed. Mm-hmm. Right? Nixon <laughs> was ready to read it. Right. You know, they're going to be there forever. But no, we did it. And it was just really cool. And then, of course, people lost interest. So I think Apollo 13, the movie, that was kind of the, that was kind of the, the public feeling of people like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll run that later in the newscast. It's not so, such a big deal. That's interesting. So that was the so the space program. That's that part of it petered out certainly th- by the mid seventies. They had more we to looking, do. We were looking at the Enterprise, right? <laughs> then we exactly the shuttle was that right. the namesake from the. It was. It was actually people Star Trek fans wow. convinced them to name it the Enterprise, right. and then they when they flew the first test flight, and it was actually the test flight. It wasn't it didn't actually go into space. It was just the one they dropped from a seven forty seven to see if it could. It was always sitting on top of it, of right? The, to see if American it could Airlines land, plane. right? They would just launch it. Or a Pan Am plane. What, what usually brought that around? It, it was, was. It might have been. It was a seven forty seven. Yeah. I don't know if it was. It was NASA's seven forty seven. They had their I, own. Yeah. I thought I had because they had to fly it around. That did it. It might have been. It sat on top of it. How odd you're thinking it? of a Bond film? That oh, was. Wasn't, a, that okay. was. A, yeah. Maybe that was. That a, was Moonraker. Oh yeah. There are a lot of shuttles. With right? Jaws. Yeah. With Jaws. Yeah. Right. That's one of the that better ones. With Jaws making love in the. He got a girl. Yeah. Yeah. He softened up. He did. He softened up. Cute blonde, pigtails. Right. Those Bond girls at that time. That was my favorite Bond girl time. Um, um, okay, so then... All right, keep over, over. We're wandering, which is good. Yeah, it's okay. That's good. So keep shuttle going. goes out, uh, um, and we get into the shuttle era, obviously, and then what, like 83? It doesn't... Early matter. 80s. So what are you doing now? You, you're... Um, you, you, you graduate high school, and were you a good student? I was, I, I, uh, I was good in science. Yes. And, and I was a little bored otherwise. So okay. I would go to the so state science fair. I would Answer go the, the question, please. Uh, I, would, I was okay. I was like a, I was like a B plus. Okay. And then but I the went science stuff you were interested in. But that was interesting. So I went to WPI and I did well there. I didn't graduate What's with distinction. WPI? Worcester Polytechnic Institute okay. in central Massachusetts. It's sort of the, a practical MIT, not to diss mm-hmm. MIT. MIT is a place to go if you want a grad degree. MIT will get over it, George. I think. Hey, well, I think they're. I think they're okay. I think they're. You know, they have. They, they have. They're. They're cool with this. Yeah. But MI, uh, WPI is where you go to learn to do things. So they were right. very much about projects and building things, and it was. I just took to that, and it was great. And what was time. it in particular that you took to? I well, computer science. 
And there's a Star Trek connection because computer I, science is coding and writing software. Yeah, and, right. and the architecture of writing a computer program and how to interact with the computer and how to do it efficiently and you know do it so it's maintainable and it'll run and not crash and things like that. Who integrates uh, making a computer than control machinery? So, so you have a piece of hardware which is you know a batteries and and a, a CPU and memory chips and circuit boards. Mm -hmm. That's central processing unit. Central George. processing, very good. Thank you. Excellent. And, uh, you know, graphics card and all that. Then there are people whose job is to build the program that runs that hardware. That's the operating system. And then on top of that, everything else goes on. I get you. But then from, but I'm talking about like machines and things. Who would integrate those computers to actually, I don't mean computer machines, like machine, like uh, manufacturing machines. So I have a friend that has, has a, owns a CMC milling shop. So he has what is CMC? So it's computer controlled, um, you know, uh, cutting machines that they can. You give it a 3D part, and oh, it, it'll go and do all the cuts. Yeah, yeah. To make like a, a piece of, um, you know, some kind of aircraft out of aircraft aluminum for them. So my friend builds housings for cameras and used in Hollywood. Okay. Right? He has a, he's out in Camarillo, and he has a little shop, and uh, it's super precise and it's repeatable. Because you know, machinists can build things by hand, but oh, yeah. to do a lot of them, you want something repeatable. So that's the integration kind of is mm -hmm. controlling those things precisely. So what was your first gig then um, out of uh, college? Uh, out of college, I worked at Prime Computer, which no longer exists. It was a, a mini computer company. So the first, there were there were mainframes. The huge The bastards. huge ones, right? And yeah, then, those are the things that were always turning. Exactly. Was it? Was IBM it, was, it the was big in that. Wonder Woman or uh, the six... Six million dollar. There were six million dollar man or the the uh, the bionic woman. I yeah, saw that in Italy. Bionic woman. That's right. I, I saw the bionic woman yeah. in Italy, and they called her La Donna Bionica. Oh, I love it. It was very La very nice. Bionica. It was Lindsay all, Wagner, all dubbed beautiful. Lindsay Wagner. Beautiful. I agree. But anyway, we digress. But so then, mini computers came out, and they ate the lunch of mainframes because they were half a million dollars instead of five million dollars. But mini computers were still the size of washing machines. They were right? still the size of a big refrigerator. Okay. And then PCs came out and that killed the mini computer. Gone. Right. So this digital late equipment. 70s, early late 80s. 70s, early 80s. Mm -hmm. That's when I started my, my career in, in technology. And uh, I did did all that. And, um, you know, I did that company for, that was actually the longest other computers. than this company, Prime Computer, for about like seven years. They actually, there was a thing called Greenmail where, where people would come in and they said, well, this company's got a lot of cash. Let's drive their stock price up and force them to let us acquire them. We'll take all the cash and sell everything off. Okay. Were they out of Silicon Valley? N no, they were they were in, in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. They're, really? So we were one twenty eight belt was digital equipment, right. dig, uh, DG, mm -hmm. Wang and, and Wang and Prime. That was a this was a very this is probably bigger than Silicon Valley in that era. Right. And and now it's now it's morphed. It's now it's biotech and and you know there's stuff happening here. Yeah, Lincoln Labs and things. Lincoln Labs stuff like that. Right. That's all legacy things. Mm -hmm. I have a friend. I have a friend that's working on a new space probe, Tess. That's going to go look for exoplanets. It's going to look for Earth-like planets in front of stars. Oh, crazy! They just launched it. I'm it, sorry, George. That's I, I don't. So um, you don't believe that's I don't possible? Believe it, that there's another. I don't believe in anything cool in space. I've got a. There's stuff there. They just know if there's anything. Are you sure there's stuff there? There's stuff there. There's stuff there. So anyway, so this is this is a true story. So this is like three weeks ago. I have my meeting at MIT. I think this guy's going to be at 2001. This is like. Uh, Geek skull and bones where you it's guys all get together and right. decide that there's stuff out there. And so the meeting's starting. He goes, I need a couple of minutes. I'm getting a download from Tess. I got to go process the data. So mm -hmm. they just launched it. And he's he's commissioning it, sitting on his laptop mm -hmm. in this room at MIT, right? He said, he's, he's, not, he's not the guy that analyzes the data. He just makes sure that they get it into the right database. Right. 
So this thing is doing a very, a very long, elongated orbit beyond the moon. So it's a really a little ship or something. It's a little space probe, and it's got is really, it round. It's um, it's kind of you know, it doesn't matter if it's round. It's there's no air in space, <laughs> okay. right? Okay, just it's just not the Enterprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's not an X-wing. It's just sort of a box with tubes and cameras. And they, they're going to map the entire visible sky, like 98% right. of it. And they're going to look for things. They're going to focus on stars and see if anything passes in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so basically it's the shadow. And from that, you can read what's in the atmosphere and you know what it is. And it's going to be a very, it's going to be the clearest picture. So Tess, remember this. In the next couple of years, there's going to mm-hmm. be big stories. As a matter of fact, there's a story in the Herald about it about two weeks ago. Uh, my, my friend, right, he, he says, hey, I got my picture in the Herald. He nice. showed me his picture. So he was excited about that. Do you believe that they're, uh, that we've been visited by aliens? <laughs> Good question. You know, I've had a, I told you my UFO sighting. No. Which I don't. Did you? I, I had a UFO sighting. This is two, three years ago in the summer. On Friday nights, I would go out and get a takeout. And my dog was alive at that in those days. So mm-hmm. I would look up to see her in the window. She'd be watching me go. And I'd say, and I'll be right back. And I look up. And this white ball comes out from behind up above my house. It looks like it's a couple thousand feet up. It's making no sound. I said, that's a drone. It's making no noise. There's nothing attached to it. Right. I said, that's got to be a balloon. It's traveling really fast and it keeps stopping and starting. Wow. It's like there's someone driving it and it's fighting the wind and it's making no sound. And it's all of seven seconds. So I didn't have time to pull out a camera. And I said, what was that? You know, I didn't, I didn't immediately go to Art Bell and I immediately said, right. what is that? So I, I went and looked at the weather for the Worcester airport and the winds were, were these with this thing. And it was like five miles an hour. It was a beautiful day. Like we had a couple days ago. Yeah. I don't know what it is. So I started looking into all this stuff, you know, all this UFO stuff. Did it come up on Twitter? Anybody else see it? No, I looked around, nothing. I, I had no photo of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I decided that people are really into UFOs. No offense is that they're, they're a little bit nuts that they don't want they want it to be something special that mm-hmm. no one knows about, right? They don't want to actually find any real facts right. out. And then there's Bigfoot is always attached to it. This sort of doesn't yeah, yeah, make yeah. any sense, right? So Those I don't people know. are crazy. Although the U.S. government just released camera footage from, uh, you know, F-16 saying, what the heck is that? It's going really fast. And this is coming out of the Department of Defense. And all the UFO people just poo-pooed it, which I thought was interesting. This is stuff the government say. We don't know what this is. We're not saying it's a UFO. We yeah. just don't know what it is, but it's really weird. And there it is. And it just got kind of dropped and didn't get a lot of attention. So what would it be? I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, first of all, have, has anybody actually ever seen like a weather balloon in daylight? What does it I, I have. Like? I've seen them. They they just float very slowly. They don't. And there's something hanging off the bottom of them. You can see it. Yeah. Now, but this, this thing was, was jerking around. This thing was jerking around. It wasn't going up and down, but it was stopping and starting. Mm-hmm. And it, it's there was no sound from it. So yeah. I, th- I was I thought it was a drone. I said, oh, this is a drone. Nope. There's nothing attached to it. It was really weird. I have no idea what it was. I can't find anyone that saw it. So at some point, I just kind of forgot about it until now. So that is interesting. I, I don't I I don't know if, if what I believe in the, on that. I think it's possible that. I don't believe that there are aliens who are coming here. I just that would be entirely too cool. There is so much stuff out in the in the is known there, universe. There's so George? many, how many billions, trillions of stars like ours? There's, I don't know. There's somebody 11, doing a podcast right now somewhere. I mean, you're just. I mean, you're just looking at the, you know, the the odds, saying that you know the chances They're are pretty that good. This, that these this that there's collision something. of events has been duplicated somewhere else, or we're duplicating it somewhere else. I mean, we don't really know. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. We haven't. Had, there, there's been a couple of, the, you know, there, there, there are people that did looking mm-hmm. radio astronomy where you basically listen to yeah. different 
things in visible light right with your and nobody's telescope. come back with our they've had stuff you know. but it hasn't really been proven there's some signals that are that have never been repeated right and we've shot out the uh chuck berry album and nobody's it's still going to, well right. it's still it's still not it's still not that far away it's just outside the solar system why that sucks george this is why i don't like space we don't have warp like if drive. I wanna, well come on well, get there, your buddy Tess to I, kick it up a notch. There may have been a tech minute, if you were paying attention last year, about warp drive. Apparently, there are people at NASA that are trying to figure out how to do it. I don't understand how you can't just hit the gas and or whatever. Well, the problem is the speed of light. As you get, a, mm-hmm. why does why do things not go faster than the light? Because apparently, Einstein's been proven correct so far. Is that your mass increases exponentially as you get to the speed of light? So you can't go any faster. You just get really, really heavy, and no matter how much. How much you? Why would that happen? It's apparently the way it works. He figured it out. It's relativity. That's, I don't know. It's a it's a weird concept. That's a, um, but that's why you can't do it. That's a snag. And and time changes for you. So if you got to like close mm-hmm. the speed of light and you traveled out for a day and came back, the Earth would be thousands of years, ten thousands of years older. Everyone you know would be gone. The, this is the, obviously. Time slows down. Cool to think that that would happen. I just they've don't proven see it. that they've proven that the clocks slow down. They've actually put clocks on like the space station. Yeah, and they're very precise and they've timed them, and they're an infinitesimal amount slower than the ones on Earth. So if you go out to space and you hit the gas, and suddenly you go to the speed of light for a minute, and you come back, everything's, and everything's gone. gone. And every are you sad? I don't know. Astronaut? I mean, you I don't know to, either because I would, I would imagine if with, you're doing that, you're going to know that's what's going to well, happen. Maybe, yeah, but but you may either you know or you don't. But then you could you could explain it. But because emotionally, I mean, how emotionally would that be? Because it's they're not gone. as if yeah, they're, they're just, all gone. Yeah, their time has come and gone. Like yeah, generations. It's not. There's nothing. There's no like um, judgment on it. It's not a sad demise of a person. Yeah. It's simply the facts. They're You're gone. now here. You're geographically, you know, in a different place. You're, it's just different. Do you remember the first Planet of the Apes movie? A mm, little bit. I've I've seen. I've checked into a spaceship different spaceship crashes on this planet, and that it's it's basically these intelligent apes, and the humans are kind of you know they're they're slaves, right. kind of thing. And then at the end, they find the Statue of Liberty, right? So is that's what happened? They went close to the speed of light, and they went in the future. Oh, okay. My, Am I giving that away? No, no, but I remember he says that he's all angry at the end and on the beach and things. That's why he's angry. I thought he was angry because that proved that we had nuked ourselves, no? Well, that's because that proves that he was in the future and that we had nuked ourselves. Yeah, okay. but basically time had gone by. And he, they, he, they didn't think they were on Earth. They thought they were just gone to, right. you know, they just found some other solar system. They were they were screwed up. They that didn't know the, where they were. the big reveal. That was the big reveal. Mm. You know, that was the Charlton Heston has a lot of lines like mm. that, right? They damn it! Yeah, they yeah. blew it all oh, to we hell. Love Charlton Heston. Solent, Soylent Green is people. Yeah, I, I right? didn't see that, but I remember the SNL skit on it. That's a it's a funny movie. It's it's actually one of these in the seventies. Everything's yeah. going to die. We're the energy crisis. We have no energy, and everyone's going to be overpopulation. Seventies were great. Those are good things. Towering Inferno. Good stuff. Oh, Steve man. McQueen. Everyone's OJ. in that. OJ. <laughs> before you know, he had some when issues, it, and everybody loved him. Every did. I loved him too. He was yeah. great. He was a great. He was a great guy. He was happy. Yeah. He did the Naked Gun movies. Yes. It was sad. Yeah I, remember, yeah, I remember when they were in there out talking to him in Chicago after the murders. I was saying, man, I hope it's not him. I love OJ. Man. Yeah, same here. I was just, it's very sad. It just goes to show you there's, so so we we could be brooding, you know, you and I. We seem like nice guys on the outside, yeah. but you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know if I could pull off a I don't think I could either. That'd be terrible. That. I don't think I'd, 
I can hurt anyone. I don't like yeah. blood. Apparently, no. you got to be into it. You'd have to be. There'd be a fair amount, I think. Yeah. Prime computers. Prime computer. You're all done. I'm done with Prime computer. So where do you go then? And I went into Cambridge. I worked for a company. That's where I met the guy that told me the story about NASA. It, uh, it was called Index Technology, and that blew up. Like CSC Index. No? no, Index Technology turned into. It got bought by someone, and it was kind of a bad takeover, and it turned. And they, were, they laid off like seventy-five percent of the company, but I was in the twenty-five percent survived, and it was not fun. And that was they changed it into. Intersolve, which if you spelled it sideways, it was Elvistron. The huh. letters worked, right? And that was, and then at that point, I said, I'm kind of sick of doing this kind of stuff. These companies keep blowing up on me. I put all this work in. So that's when I started going out on my own. And so, I how did, did you go out on your own? I just started doing consulting. Well, so, so that company ended up, they laid me off too. And I was, I was actually looking for a, a, a consulting contract. And a friend of mine from college had started this company with my current business partner, Rich Turdy, called Telecast Fiber Systems, that did, in fact, they did. His previous company called Artel, Rich, uh, did the first space shuttle landing with CBS News out in the desert really? over fiber. Yeah, so he was kind of a trendsetter. So so I kind of hooked up with these guys, and, and I was going to go to their first NAB show, National Association of Broadcasters, and I can't find a contract, so I'm not I'm not going to quit. You know, I, I can't just quit because I, I need to have a job. Well, I go into work one day, and they say, we've had a bad quarter, and you've been laid off. So now, I can, now I can go to NAB. So I right. got the push, right? And then I just didn't look back. I did some consulting gigs and then uh, I did stuff for telecast. I would do telecast a couple days a week. Then I would just do regular computer science. I did some stuff at digital, which was a great company to work for. Right. Good time. And then I, they had one of their customers. So they did fiber optic links that were like the last thousand feet at a broadcast for okay. cameras and stuff. And this is around the, 1990. When was this it? is 1996. Okay. And one of their customers, Formula One Auto Racing, mm -hmm. and and I live near Boston. I just gotten married. I lived out in a 128 belt, and so I would drive Where to the airport. Where did you meet your wife? I met her at Index Technology, actually. And what was she in doing? In Cambridge. She was just a programmer there. She was in, in, yeah. That's cool. It was. You found a woman in the STEM field. I did. Yeah, she was She was good. We had a good 10 years. Okay. And then another 10 years weren't so good, and that's, you know, in the, in the, in the, the, uh, right. the, in the rear view mirror. But it was the first 10 years. I have a great son. Yeah, yeah. He's just turned 21. He's in Emerson. He's the dean's list two semesters. He's going great. Yeah. He's but doing I mean, good. I, I, once, anyway. Once again, no, I just think it's for guys who are computer geeks. It was the best. To find yeah. a, a woman who was a computer geek. A nerdy girl was good. I mean, jeez. Yeah. yeah. You could talk it's good. about that stuff all day. Any nerdy girls out there, I'm available. Yeah. Come up to come out to 2001. It's at G. Capalba. At G. follow me on him. Twitter, right? So anyway... So I drive these Formula One guys to the airport, and then and I went to a trade show in, in Amsterdam, IBC, where there was uh, lots of stuff smoked there too in different oh, parts sure. of town, right? Lots you can get lots of trouble in Amsterdam, and they said, "Well, you're you're gonna you're gonna be in uh, you are you going to England?" I said, "Yeah, I'm actually gonna take a few days. I said, Come see our our setup." So I got to see. I ended up having just dinner with these guys, mm -hmm. and I told them. You know, um, I do software. Really, we have a lot of software projects. You ought to, you ought to do something for us. So I thought, and I had this contract at digital. I came back. That contract got terminated. Oh man! And so I called this guy and said, "Hey, I have some time available," and I ended up doing a project for Formula One. For I worked for them for about five years. I built a virtual ad system. That's like you know, if you watch Fox baseball there's an ad behind home plate and exactly. sometimes it's simpson like sometimes like a, it's viagra sometimes it's Ad advil exactly and it's but it's all done digitally yep i built that for formula one with two other guys and it was the most fun i ever had where was where were the ads taking place for formula one on so the cars I, or on, I, the, side on the side of the track so i would go to a different circuit in europe i'd go to europe every two weeks which sounds like fun until you have to do it and you get you really take tired Concord? no i did not but i i did do like a business class from paris to los angeles once that was pretty nice 
Yeah. That was good. Uh, that was other good. than that. Other than that, I had a friend that took the Concorde and uh, he said he's either he's he's either going to buy a motorcycle or he's going to take the Concorde. And he said, I said, I, I decided to take the, his mother said, don't get a motorcycle. So he, got a, he flew right. the Concorde. And then that's the one that blew up a few years later. He was fine though. Yeah. In fact, I'm going up to Montreal to the Grand Prix to see this guy. Uh, he's one of the FIA, the timing people. You know, the nice thing about that experience, I have all the friends 25 years later. So those ads anyway. on the side, um, are people in different markets seeing yes. different ads? So the way it was designed was, so first, the first trick was to get it to work at all. So mm-hmm. so I basically came up with the idea of using a big piece of green material, fluorescent right. green, because I could chroma key something onto it and right. I could find that in software. And then you had people to find the corners of it. Chroma key is, is, is making a background on a video. Like when you're you watching see. the weather, when you're watching the right. weather on channel seven, they're standing in front of a green wall right. and they're, bring, they're they're superimposing that and they're, they look pretty real. So mm-hmm. I used that for the insert, but then I just had to find that in software and then I literally would draw another graphic that was blurred with the motion of the camera. It was pretty intense stuff, right? That would match that space in real time. So they just, when I say about Formula One, they got lots of money. They bought me like, I had, at one point in my back bedroom, I had... $250,000 of computers, SGI, super fast graphics of the day. Now they're worth nothing. And, right. you know, and you're, again, your phone has got more graphics capability. But we pulled it off. But the idea was that we could put computers that are doing the generation of the, the actual image that goes in the picture in different countries. And we're just sending the instructions on what to oh, do. Oh, I see. And it's the speed of light. So it goes in real time. And, you know, you just have to sync it up and off it goes. So we did it. We got it into the world feed. Mm-hmm. And then we got sued for patent infringement, and that killed oh. the project, right? Oh my God, George! Yeah. And then we won. We won the won the case, though. Ten yeah. years later. Ten years later, you were you are. Out so of I did other then. stuff. I did other stuff for them. Every once in a while, I do stuff. And so I took that money. I saved some of that money, and I started this company that's running Herald Radio, which is Backbone, Backbone Networks, right? Internet mm-hmm. Radio. Yeah. So, um. How, that must have been tough on your home life to be going to Europe every two weeks. Well, that's why I stopped doing it. One of the right. other reasons I stopped because my son was born. And it's like I came, I came back. I was away for two weeks, and he looked at me, started crying. Really? Yeah, he didn't know who I was. And I oh, went, no. "Oh no, I got to not do this." Right? So I started doing less of it. I actually hired someone to go to half the trips, and then it was over a year later anyway. So you know, it, was, right. it, it all worked out. But um, yeah, you know, so and then I, uh, my company's always been pr- pretty much virtual. So I was Mister Mom. I would write code and take care of my son. My wife worked. Well, that's ideal. It was good. It was a good time, actually. Good days. That's perfect. So, was the company called Backbone then? It was called Backbone Networks then. And what were you doing initially? What was the first thing Backbone was doing? So, initially, we did this consulting stuff. So, the Formula One thing was done through Backbone. It's consulting, right? And then we started the radio product and uh, developed that from scratch. And uh, my dad worked in radio. He sent Mm -hmm. me to all his radio chief engineers, and off I went. He sent you to the chief engineers to find out what? So, well, you know, if it doesn't crossfade, it's not radio. Can't right. play the songs end to end. Right, right, of you know, course. Stuff like that. Just how, so I, I was creating the illusion of radio. Mm-hmm. You listen to any of these stations, they're, they're all digital, but they sound like a traditional radio station. So I'm, I'm creating, recreating that experience. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what, I, what I'm doing. Isn't it fascinating? Is it, so isn't it interesting that, you know, your dad was part of the, this almost intricate system um that you know where where people have to work in concert you know board ops and techs and engineers and hosts and producers and things like that yep and um and to to get the sound and 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 other things would take you know all the resources and you've essentially put that into a little computer it's a little box now yeah 
Yeah, exactly. it's a little box. It's now. a little box now. Yeah. Oh, he got to see it, and he was he yeah. was he was pleased. He got to hear Herald, Herald Radio when it launched. Oh, that's great. Still alive I apologize then. for this. No, it's all right. It's all. It was good. He thought it was awesome. He was, that's great. He was very proud. So, um, so you know, that's kind of good to impress your dad, right? Oh, of course. A good thing. Of course. Yeah. And then your dad passed away, which of course is a huge thing for you. It was. It was. It was guy. difficult. It was a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, the last eighteen months of his life, he had lung cancer, and right. it was actually the best time we ever had because he told me all the stuff that you don't hear when you're a kid. Right. You know, all like the old what? girlfriends and you know, oh. stuff, right? And mm-hmm. uh, nothing bad, but just yeah. um, you know, like if there's stuff I didn't know, like he had a car crash, he almost got killed. Never told mm. me. He got sandwiched between two trucks on Route 20, and he ended up breaking up with someone. Could have been my mother, you know, after that. She got hurt, and he was in the hospital for a while and stuff. So it's like stuff I didn't know. Isn't that interesting that, you know, that's always how it happens. When a parent's dying, only at that point, suddenly do you ever bother asking the questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when people are, are fading or starting to die, then they're in a place where not only are they suddenly walking into recollections that they didn't know they had, um... But they or want to share. It's a really, it's an it's an almost indescribable. And, and he was he was super calm through mm-hmm. the whole thing. I I you know I, I could aspire to that someday, many years from now. Mm-hmm. I'll aspire to that. But he was calm and he just kind of accepted his fate. He just looked at me and said, "Yeah, I should have never smoked." Mm-hmm. You know, so that's it. So how that's, old was he? He would he was eighty seven when he died. Should have never smoked. He lived to eighty seven, George. I know he did. He beat the system. His, he should have smoked. His father lived to 99. Really? Yeah. My grandfather lived to be 99. Are greedy. They were, I'm telling you, good genes. Yeah. Knock on wood. Smoke away. Yeah, well, I, have... I figure I'll start later. How's that? Then I can, you know, I've, house money. Have you ever smoked? No, I've never smoked. It's. I used to smoke for 15 years until I was 30. And it's, um, it's really nice. It makes you think faster. Those people have told me. I don't know about that. I mean, the only thing it was nice after you work hard for a day to sit back and yeah. smoke and have the uh, smoke get into your lungs, and it's just such a nice caressing thing. It's not you think the, the other part is, of course, you're coughing up uh, brown phlegm. Yes, constantly. right, exactly. You smell like smoke all the time. You always have some kind of asthma. There are going. downsides. Yeah, and the whole cancer the, thing. Oh, the whole cancer thing, and it, it's whatever. And I'm glad I don't smoke anymore. But that's uh, good. But there is certainly, you know, smokers, a cigarette break is an important thing. It smokers is. Smokers get to, get to take a hit and relax. And, and it's, I mean, they're vilified, of course, as, you know, it, it's it's a, sad, it's a sad thing, actually, because yeah. I, I have no problem with people that smoke. I mean, when no. I grew up, everyone smoked. Right. And in, also, you in know, In Europe, everybody is, smoked. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. In the Formula One days? I mean, all the advertisers, is kind of ironic at the yeah. time. You know, my dad was starting to have some health problems in those days, and it was cigarette-related. And all my ads were cigarette ads. So of course. The, the point of this project was this mm-hmm. was a this is Bernie Ecclestone, the guy that owned the sport until about a year ago. He sold it and he's out. Well, the EU was trying to ban cigarette advertising on the circuit. So he would do this and he'd bring a guy in and he'd say, I can just do it myself. <laughs> I, you know, I'll do it somewhere else. You go ahead and cancel it. Go ahead and ban it. I don't care. And it kind of just threw them off. Ah. So he's a smart guy. It was clever. You know, but uh, it's all out now. If you watch Formula One, there's no cigarette advertising. It's all you know, car brands and stuff. What do you know? And now yeah. they're trying to um, they're trying to ban, ban vaping as well. You know, that seems to me if if you want to encourage somebody to, to smoke, to do it that way, because the the problem is not the nicotine; it's all the other stuff. And in, in that, when burning causes the the, the carcinogens, mm-hmm. and vaping seems to have none of that. Although they claim, oh no, there's small amounts of stuff. Yeah. So it seems to me like that would be a way around it. And and I don't think that's that's you know certainly not you don't you're not covered in brown goo 
right. all this stuff. I think it's I think it's the way to go. Um, so I don't get it. I know a lot of it's that. just I think overreach and people saying it doesn't. It looks like smoking. It looks ucky, and we're not those kind of people. We don't do that. And yeah. So, but yeah, it is. You're definitely an outcast if you smoke. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's funny that at this age, and we—I've said this on this podcast before—is that I have more friends uh, who used to be smokers in their twenties starting to smoke again when they drink on weekends, and then yeah. more people who drink switching to marijuana. Everybody's really? like looking for something, you know, some kind of thing to take the edge off. Cigar and a and a, a glass of a bourbon. Are you cigar cigar? No, guy? I'm not. Not Neither cigar guy. I think they're yeah. terrible. I don't yeah. even believe anybody really likes them. I went to a thing when I was doing the, the ill-fated Glen Ordway project a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dick the Butkus, sports talk, sports talk guy, sports right? Talk so it was up in New Hampshire at ESPN New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And Dick Butkus is supposed to come up because he's starting this cigar. He has a cigar company and mm-hmm. he's going he's gonna to be on his show. And it was a big deal. And I took a day off to go up there and, and take care of them. And then he doesn't show up because he couldn't, right. his, his, his private plane, like, I think it was a net jet. They didn't How show up. Private plane. I think it was he was renting it or something, but the plane didn't show is? up. He called and said, "I'm I'm not going to be there." So we went to the cigar bar anyway, mm-hmm. and I got the worst headache from all that cigar. Oh. It was just horrible. I drank the scotch though; that yeah. was okay. I can't even go into a, a but bar I, where people get really asthmatic when other people. It was was not good. I used to play darts, and everyone smelled the days when you could smoke in bars, and mm-hmm. you'd come out, you know, and you'd smell of it. That was my only exposure to secondhand smoke, which I'm not convinced. I'm hope I'm hoping it's not. You know that it's oh, not, it can't be good for you. It can't be I mean, good for you, but I'm hoping it's not as bad as smoking. But I, I did it once a week for maybe three years. I'd be in a bar somewhere playing darts with people oh, smoking. Oh, you're fine, George. I think I'll be fine. You'll you get your 87 and probably I'm going to try. It's, I'm going to try. On. All right. So. Um, All right. Where are we going now? What do we want to talk about? Well, I want to go back. I, I actually want to ask you a question. Want, you were showing me some mm-hmm. kind of a homestead you're going to. Well, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. But it's a, it's a, it's a big it's a big thing. So we're in, we're right now in Melrose, Massachusetts, which, which is, is a lovely town. town. Yep, lovely, and there are people everywhere. I spent some and time there a few years ago. It was a good time. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's and it's a nice town. It's all sorts of public transportation. It's it's gets rated well in good schools, etc. But we've got a tiny house. We've got a two bedroom house and four kids. It's a that's a little heavy. Right now they're little. You're kids, like but the beginning of Caddyshack, where there's like 50 kids running around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So now it's getting to the point where you know the oldest kid's a girl, and she's going to need her own. She's her space. So we're you know uh, old is your oldest now? Seven. Seven. Yeah, it's yeah. getting to that age. So we're looking into uh, you know what to do to refi to maybe add on space or yeah. But we can't do much um, with refine. We've got some other debt, like everybody else. You know, yeah, we've exactly. got all sorts of crap going on. Right. But, you know, um, and um, but the town we could, you know, we bought the house for just a couple hundred thousand dollars, and we could probably sell it for five hundred. You know, easily. So we could what? Get, I think Melrose is just booming. Yeah, so we could get a few hundred thousand probably out of the thing, which is a nice. You know, it's Absolutely. a six year turn turnover or seven year whatever. Um. So. Even though we, so anyway, we found on the internet this house is gorgeous, big farmhouse in is in a far remote town. Well, it's only seventeen miles from Melrose, but it feels far away. Yeah. One of these places where every the it's an old colonial Yankee uh, place with farmhouses. A lot of places have horses and things. Yeah. It's for rich people. We're not one of them, but a lot of rich people. Carl Yastrzemski lives there. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, this uh, is still North Shore, right? Yep. Yep. Ray Bork lives there. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so like it's, everybody has the town ordinance was that everybody, every house had to be built on more than two acres. Mm. So it's basically, it's mm. sparse. Mm. It's woods, 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 
farmhouse, farm, woods, woods, woods. And there's nothing there. It's not even a town center, really. There's a police station and a town hall, but there's no town center. So there's nothing. It's not a town. It's really just this area of woods that... So how close is the nearest shopping and things like that? I don't know. I mean, it can't be that far. That it's got to yeah. be maybe a few miles. But but it it's, gets... It's considered a kind of hoity-toity town. Yeah. And it uh, the schools are great, whatever that means. Um, and that's important, actually. Yeah, that's, I guess so. I, mean, I just don't want the kids to get money shot. Right there. I assume they're going to get misinformation at every school <laughs> that they would go to. Um, I think out there it's probably, you know, things are more relaxed. Property tax. This, is, this area is like polo and horses. Oh, a myopia hunt club. Is in that kind of, neighborhood, yeah. Oh, is that where my Obey Hunt Club is? It's, it's around there somewhere. Is it really? That's so, North Shore. Yes, yeah, so this is like uh, like Rowley, Hamilton. I have a friend who lives in Rowley, really likes it. Oh, yeah, okay. So Rowley's yeah. right next door. Yeah. But Rowley's got a little town. This yeah. place does. The, but, so you're, so you're going to be pretty close to Newburyport. That's where you're going to go. I love Newburyport. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's good. This is, I, say, house, I think you should do this. This house is. Needs work. This house, we have a two bedroom house in Melrose yeah. with not quite an acre of land, not even yeah. close to an acre of land. Yeah. Have you seen my uh, yard? I, I've, I've not been to your house, but I've driven by it. Right. You've Yeah. I mean, it's a you small a lovely plot, willow but tree. Right, lovely willow, willow tree. tree and yeah. it's a lot of yard and a tiny house in the back because yeah. originally there was a retail shop in front and really? the house was a residence. Exactly. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. And this is like by, the vacuum cleaner guy. By design. In Melrose? Vacuum cleaner guy in Melrose. Yes, Macaulay or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I always wanted to take a vacuum cleaner there, then I'm not there anymore. So, you know, I don't didn't yeah. get to do it. Well, this time, George. We'll oh, come back. So back, this guy, yeah. uh, so anyway, that, that, that would say, so, so anyway. I'll tell you so a vacuum this, cleaner story later, but keep going. This, if we could sell essentially our little place for the same amount of money as this huge place is. Yeah. With, with, so our place right now is, I'm, I'm way ahead of myself, of course, but that's assuming we get all the financing and this, yada, yada, yada. You got to do a good inspection, by the way. Make sure it's not like you know you're buying into a. You got to double the price to re, to get it livable. Well, I mean, it, it, I assume because That's it's part of so ridiculously cheap that it there is there work. are serious problems right. with it. I'm but living serious, this right now, by the way. Keep going. There are serious problems with where I am now too. Right. So whoever buys that is going to see as well. There are foundational <laughs> issues, but it is what it is. You want to get in the Melrose? Has a new furnace though. Right. Has a new furnace. That is yeah. important. The most expensive thing in a place. But 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 the town's in vogue. So yeah. so anyway, so our quandary, if this all works out, is this beautiful fixer upper place. Um, like like, how would we make the change from living essentially? Melrose is a city technically. There are people around cars. It is. It there is. There are parades that walk by our house and five Ks. And then if we went to this new place, then it would be really just us, just us, our family. With a lot of land and you a get house. along. Do y'all get along? We do. Oh, you'd have more room to do it. That'd be good. Oh, definitely, space is important. Definitely. So just that mindset of if there not being anything around, though, I, I just wonder. It makes me feel almost well. So people are going to drive to you. They're going to drive. Right. They, it's not. It's not a long drive. You're not like you're. You're in the outback in Australia. You're just going to be in a rural town. So I, I lived in. I lived in Weston for 20 years, which is kind okay. of a rural it's town. That that's part of that's that. a town. A lot of Weston is is right. stuck in the. So woods. negative things about it are the power goes out whenever there's a heavy storm because there's all these trees. Um, you have to drive somewhere to get your food, but it's not bad. I could go to Wellesley or I could go to I could go mm-hmm. you know uh, just Newton whatever. It wasn't bad, but it's a 20 minute drive and it depends what time of day it is. So you're probably looking at a similar thing. Right. I think you'd be fine. I think you and I think well that's the homework you need to do. You need to scope that stuff out. And I think you said to me, the house looks like it needs to be painted, which is not shocking. That's drastically like that. painted. That's going to be 20 grand probably. You're going to have to find someone to do that. I know, definitely. And some other stuff. So, I mean, that's if all the money worked out, 
then let's see. Somebody would have to overpay for our house too, which is not a which great house. You you know, but it's it's again it's location. That's all right. that really matters these days. Yeah. In, in any real estate market, and I think Melrose is so hot, you should have mm-hmm. no problem. Right. And the, and if you look at the house, it's cute, and the trees, and a little picket fence, and it's it's then it's you know it's you just got to clean it up to show. You got to yeah. make it look good. But for our purposes, it's the idea it's of like moving moving into somewhere where it, like if I had all if I had millions of dollars. I would live in Boston, probably in Beacon Hill. That would be where I'd want to live and have one of those courtyards or whatever and yeah. we'd play in the common. I'd, want, I'd want one of those brownstones on Com Ave right near the park. Right. right? That'd so, be nice. So the roof deck. That's the same thing. Though, though. So you're in the, in the city. You have right. that energy that's in the city. Right. But nice city like Boston, Chicago, whatever, it, it, Manhattan. You get this beautiful energy. That energy is not up in Rowley, Massachusetts. So Newburyport's not bad, though. Well, Newburyport, yeah, but that's not... That's not in it's not the, Boston, uh, offing, uh, you know. But so. you're near to it. Is my point. Right, I know. But when you're sitting out there at ten at night, standing in your driveway, where in Raleigh, Massachusetts, we'll call, we'll say it's Raleigh. There'll be mosquitoes. There'll be mosquitoes. There'll be crickets. There'll be pitch black when it's pitch black. It would. It's not, it's not and bad. It's, it's alone. You know. <sighs> Do you get nervous when you're alone? In the oh, dark? I don't know. I just never. There's no. What I'm out. saying is, there's no buzz and hum of the city. No, there is none. Yeah. You know, and like parts of it, I won't miss. Like parts of where, and I won't miss. I mean, I won't miss. Things have gotten politically crazy. You know, yeah, where I'm I live now, that, yes. and I'd be okay. You can put any sign you want in your lawn in in your yes, new town, exactly. and nothing bad would happen. Right. So, and, I, and this is why I don't want to think people. Have a, people listening think we're just talking about this? I mean, for anybody listening as well, to make such a like a change to go to yeah. where there's suddenly nothing to me, it's it's a um, it's a little scary, especially since the kids like they, you don't can't trick or treat there and some other. I'm sure that I'm sure that other parents have found a way to do everything so it works just fine, and they only go up there to live and uh, to sleep and to live. And like a lot of people like you who work in New York City go back to Darien, Connecticut or right. whatever, where they have big places and they're also just kind of closed off. Right. Cause you know? they, cause New York is so insane. Right. That you need to get that. Well, so I kind of did this four years ago and I moved out to this house. So my, yes. you know, my sad story, my dad passed. I went only who's going to take care of him. My mom never drove and all that. So my son and I moved back in Right. and upstairs and upstairs apart is this beautiful Victorian. That's nothing is on the level. It's a huge, oh, it's, I'm it's glad a to hear big that. place. I You're coming out. Too. When are you coming out? It's actually not ready to show yet, but. It's getting there. Come out. You have to come out. But um, anyway, uh, I have the same feelings. Like I was used to being in the 128 belt and I could go 10 minutes into Boston on Saturday or Sunday morning. It was great. I had lots of stuff around me. And I, I went through that decompression of like, this is, you know, this is really kind of primitive. But then I discovered there's good things. There's like people are nicer. There's more. Mm-hmm. There's It's less expensive to live. I don't know if, if uh, Boxford is the same, but yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe it might be, you know, it might be a little less expensive than, uh, but uh, lots of good stuff. And Worcester's kind of up and coming. Worcester's kind of got this renaissance going on. There's a whole right. downtown being rebuilt. There's actually good restaurants. So it's kind of grown on me, but it's weird. It's like it was much, it's much better than when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s. It was kind of falling apart. You know, the mm. industrial revolution was kind of over and it was, it was decaying, to be honest. Mm. It was not, not as, as good as it once was. But so, uh, now I'm, re- I'm staying, I'm, I'm fixing this place up. Um, I've got a little money left over from my parents' estate to fix mm-hmm. it up. And I can run my, my company's virtual. I can run anywhere. I have an office. I have space. 
Um, it's almost like it's almost like too much space. You know, like someday I could rent out part of it, but I'm at the moment I'm planning on on living. You know, like a land baron. I'm yeah, just, I'm just gonna live well. And that is a good when when you have all that space. That is important, though. And you said too much space, but it, it is important to not to not be looking at the same walls every day. And I'm not every moment. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And that's something I, that I think about if if I moved out there. You know, five acres and a lot of it's there's a meadow, there's woods. And I think like uh, I was worried because I'm trying to get exercise. I can yeah. jog around my own you acreage. Could. You know, need some of those English boots, rubber boots. You yeah, know, and like a, a barber coat. You could walk around in, the, in like a in a walking stick. Yeah, right. It, it is it, it, George. Funny you say that because I w- between us we kind of snuck around the property. Yeah. Uh, oh, yesterday nice to, to check it out. Oh, so you've been there. I have been there, and it's still you're still happy with it. Obviously, oh, yeah. you're still buzzing. It's oh, not yeah, just internet thing. I was going to say go see it. Oh, yeah, so you're the liking land is, it. Is beautiful. We're officially seeing it Tuesday, so we're going to act like so it's the first. Is there time someone we'd see there? It. Is there someone living no. there now? No, it's no. empty. Oh, so yep. you can do that. Yeah. So, um, but um, but there's a meadow, and then there's a hill, and then there's the vast distance, and then there's forest, and I think I can cut some of these trees down if I wanted to. Oh, absolutely. If it's on your land, do whatever you want. Yeah, but um, I. I there was also like these bees near one of the old sheds. It I don't happens. know if it was one bee or it was probably a hive. thirty, but I didn't like the sound of that man at all. So I a couple this times is your I, city, your city slicker. You're gonna get your bug bomb it, and kill them. Totally, totally. <laughs> I'm gonna end up fragging the entire like uh, shed. Probably you could you could have bees. You could you could just raise bees out in the in the part of your back forty acres. You know that'd be kind of cool. I have one acre where I am. Oh, really? Yeah. And half of the front of it is all lawn. It's like I've got the biggest plot in my neighborhood. Do you cut your own lawn? No, I have a guy. Things I love are cheaper out lawn. there. Oh, well, if you can get somebody to do it, yes. Yeah, it's good. And I don't have to do it. I have too much going on. I have just too much to yeah. do. You know, I actually do have, there's a riding mower in the garage that I don't mm-hmm. use in a lawnmower. I could do it, but I find someday it, I might. I find it, it, it uh, levels me to mow the lawn. It's, it's a time where I'm, I can do a lot of thinking. And True. I'm, I'm I'm in a trance the whole time. I'm just thinking I'm elsewhere. Something else is. I happening. do tech minutes. That's how I get into a trance oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and relax. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mowed that lawn for 25 years. Oh, okay. You've you know, had so I had my time. Did you start with the push? The, the I had the, I, No, actually, I always had a gas mower, but oh, I, I was walking behind it, and I would do the leaves, and I did everything, and I was you know I was my teens, right? So you know it was it was cool, but now you know, I don't have time for it. So guy shows up it's in half an hour he does it twice a month mm-hmm. it's not expensive and it's good so we've got a new chapter in your life here george now i am a new chapter I'm, out tr- I'm, I'm out in worcester i'm i've got this house I, sadly my mom passed away mm-hmm. this last december 91 now you're an orphan like me now i'm an orphan right mm-hmm. matter of fact I'm outside the uh she was 91 she was 91 so you know you just and nothing particularly some, wrong um, with her. I got some genes. I'm some hoping some kind of uh, life privilege happening there. I'm hoping that it's, there's not a mutation and I'm just going to drop dead any second. But uh, you know, it was a little sad outside. The the Amazon treasure truck was there, and what they've got, they got flowers and and candies Mother's for Day. Mother's Day, and it was like, ah, it's my first one without a mom. You know, yeah. so Did it's it a little bit sad. Uh, a little sad. Okay. A little sad. Uh, it's now bittersweet. I was more sad before because mm-hmm. you had to go through the whole end of life experience which is not a lot of fun right but uh you know now i'm just sort of bittersweet and uh, now i'm kind of i got to remodel the house because otherwise if i leave it the way it was it'll make me sad right yes. so and i'm turning it into my own nerd cave well are you having um are you conflicted about no. changing things that they've nope. had like that forever no nope. there's some odd That's stuff good. happening though like whenever i need a tool or something or some piece it's kind of sitting there in the basement it's kind of like my dad's that was my dad's space mm-hmm. i think he approves Ooh. It's like we needed an electrical box for something we're doing. And I look 
and there's one sitting on the counter and it must have been there forever. Wow. And there it is. And then there's a leak in the radiator upstairs and I went downstairs and said, well, it must be all over the floor. And there's just happens to be a plastic container with screws in it right at the spot where the leak is and it doesn't leak enough that it ever overflows, but it's got an inch or two of water in it. It's like, that's really weird. Wow. So I feel like he approves. Well, do you, uh, do you believe in God? I do. So and I, you believe in the Big Bang Theory. I do. Are you going to recognize, re- reconcile these things, George? Let there be light. Big Bang makes perfect sense. <laughs> I right? see. Yeah, he was right? the maestro. Yeah, it's the maestro. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So do you go to church? I used to. Do you believe, what God do you believe in? I was brought up Roman Catholic. I went to St. Mary's in Vernon Hill and Worcester from you all kindergarten went to, Mary's. to, uh, Catholic to high to school. Mary's. I did, yeah. My mom went there. My uncle went yep. there. It was, you know, it was a good time. So Small why, school. But you don't go now? Um, I, I got to say, I got turned off by all the stuff that happened that were there, you know, people were to jail and <laughs> weird things. I thought that because it's the organization, was there, there, there were some incidents, yeah, there were some strange things that happened. Never happened at my, <laughs> never happened at my school. Cause I, I remember the pastor that ran it. He was a jock. He yeah. like, he was in a basketball and he had a big German shepherd or not German shepherd, um, uh, um, Big keg of, of gin under... Oh, the St. Bernard. St. Bernard, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, he was cool. Good. It's a he was real friends saint, with the you know. Celtics and all that. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so it didn't seem to happen in my school. But yeah. I just the fact that the organization was con- kind of condoning it and hiding it, yeah. that was the part that annoyed me. So I stopped I stopped doing that, you know. And, yeah. Uh, but, I, but I think the life lessons I got were all solid stuff. And I treat people well. And I, yeah. it's all, all good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think that's... I think it's important too. I don't know where where I am. I don't know what I believe. I'm not. I am without answer. I know that like I, that I used to not, just not believe. Uh, you know, I think the whole thing was silly, and you know, simple stories or whether whether they were taken to be meant to be taken literally. I just thought this is for weak minds, and then I thought, uh, and then came around and said, "I'm a jackass." All the people, all the people who I admire great influencers and writers and thinkers, almost all of them were believers. And there's got to be something. Maybe I'm not so smart. Maybe something's going on. And then now what's really pushed me over to the more to the the believe side is that um, atheists are so freaking self-important and cantankerous. (laughs) I'm, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of them feeling that they're being intellectually daring by standing up to organize religion or something. You know, freedom of religion is the freedom to not believe anything, but you don't want right. to force that on anyone else. You got to. Right. You know, I, I have a problem with people force their beliefs on other people, but I, I think anybody <laughs> should do what a they want. Right? There's days. a lot of that going on, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's that's the beauty of America. Mm-hmm. You can do what you need to do. All right, I met your do. son. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. He's not a jerk, which is not a necessarily thing that, that everybody gets. You know, he could be. Other kids are. He has his moments. He's about twenty now. He's twenty one. Twenty one. We can now we're, we have we uh, can now go out drinking together. That's it's, great. Like a new phase in in the child parent relationship. That's it's great. A good time. Yep, and he's a great guy, and he's yes. He yep, and he, he so like one. What do you want for him? Uh, I want him to be happy. Mm-hmm. He wants to. Be, he's going to Emerson. He wants to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I may have had something to do with that because when he was about six years old, I used to make movies that I, before YouTube that I'd. I'd do DVDs and give them to my friends and put them up online and uh, all special effects and stuff like that. I did a matrix. I did a matrix parody that I got offered to be on the matrix box trilogy set. And I gave it, of course, and then they didn't use it. So that's what I did. So he saw all that. Now he wants to be a filmmaker. So you're kind of a kid at heart. I mean, I am. I'm just a big kid. That's my, that's my, that's my (laughs) MO. 
I said, I'm not getting yeah. old. I'm just I'm just growing up a little bit slowly. Yeah, you know, no, and I'm not I, growing up. There's no future in it. You know, so <laughs> I I'm right there with you. Was your dad like that too? He, he was kind of like that. Yeah, he was. Was he? He was. He was funny and he was a little more serious. Yeah. But but uh, he was always doing cool stuff. He always had yeah. some gadget and stuff. I found a lot of his stuff going through all the archives at their house. You know, like I've got I've got like a a, a, a DB meter that I've got to find a battery for it. That you know, I guess he used to test how quiet studios were or something i thought this is really cool to get working that is cool you know, do you have so, an oscillator um probably at least one or two we need you need one of those going i want I, one of those in, in the studio we're using now i used to have you know i really felt kind of bad it got lost i used to have the original audio delay echo from wrko from this from the 60s why would there have been delay echo? so they, they always put echo behind the djs oh i do recall um, in that era in some places more than other. WABC in New York sound like they're in a bowling alley. Yeah. Right. I recall uh, listening to Jim Sands. Remember by a lot like, of I echo. Think he was was he BZ? But Could it was But there's a lot of echo. On, yeah. Right. And the, that's great. And I had that. I had that echo and I lost it. So I went and, a year ago, right about now, I was I was the producer, one of them, for the WRKO reunion broadcast. Mm-hmm. And and I people went don't and, know WRKO is the big talker in Boston, but it was the big sixty eight, the big rock and roll station in Boston. It was Spotify. If you were in college in nineteen sixty seven, mm-hmm. you know, Spotify was WRKO AM mm-hmm. radio in Boston. That's what people would play. The program director said he would drive down Com Ave and he could hear it coming out of the dorms, you know, out of the apartments. Wow. Everyone is playing it, so they had they had like a sixty percent of the audience. At some your dad point. worked for RKO General. He worked for he was the chief engineer that made it sound good. No, but your dad he you, worked for RKO General. RKO correct. General, yep. and they were it, they were all over the place, and they were uh, at one point uh, Howard Hughes owned that, so a piece of that at least. Exactly, Howard Hughes was actually bought from Howard Hughes by the O'Neill family mm-hmm. that that took it over, and they owned General Tire and mm-hmm. they owned the film library. So when they had TV stations, they could put their own films on it. It was like a masterstroke. They you know what RKO stands for? Um, no, I don't. Tell me. Come I should on, know George. these things. I should know this. See, I don't know everything. It's Radio Keith Orpheum. Oh, they, okay. They were a traveling. They were a vaudeville company. I've heard you say that. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and as somebody out of BC owned a piece of that too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was basically just guys from Akron, Ohio that owned it. And there was a family mm-hmm. business. They had like their friends that worked for them, you know. That my dad would go to New York and there was a floor in their their headquarters building that was just guys that were friends of this guy O'Neill that he gave them a desk and a phone and a newspaper and he called them the awkward squad. They would just hang out and go out and have a three martini lunch and come back. Wow. And that was their thing. How fantastic. Family business. That that's the kind of, I want a job like that. I know. Imagine well, George, you know, both and I, both you and I essentially could essentially work. We from could home. do this. We I could. mean, I, there's no reason. I mean, if no. people don't know right now. I work for. I write for a newspaper. Officially, you, as my, my you could do that from home. Yeah, and I could do radio stuff from home as well. I mean, actually, you know, it's probably the way of the future. You know, in a quiet place, you might think better. Ooh, I can tell you what that I was. Um, that when we had our latest uh, son a couple of months ago, we I was working from home and I was yeah. cranking him out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how's he doing? Is he sleeping? Uh, he is not sleeping. My wife is not sleeping, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Doing right. I'm sorry. I went, I was there 20 years ago. I had one mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I so I remember those days. They seem, they go by quick. Yeah, they, they sure do. Yeah. They sure yeah. do. Yeah. So what's the next right. thing? What do you want to get done, George? So what? by the, by Capabo age, you've got at least 50 years. I'm good to go. Yeah. I've got, I've got some time. Yeah. Well, let's see. I don't know. What do I want to do? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this little radio thing that I'm doing, mm-hmm. which is, involves you, which thank you for the opportunity to do that. I think I'm going to try to syndicate that. Well, that's awesome. This, this is the your yeah. tech minutes. Tech minutes. So, Which we just heard. Uh, we just heard one, and, and I'm sure you enjoyed it. There's more of them on my Twitter, at Gika Palbo. You can listen to them anytime. Yeah. 
So what? So you would rather? Do you want to be? I guess that makes you an on-air personality. Is I think I think do? I'd like to go do that. I think I mean, that you, would be fun. You are natural. The product is good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I enjoy doing it. One of the other things I did in college was mm-hmm. I would do radio stuff because my dad was in radio and I wasn't on the in the engineering side so much, but I was on the the production side. Right. So they gave him a tape company cassette tapes to run, and he had a a suitcase, a Samsonite big luggage full of of samples to take to trade shows. So I would just go and take them oh. and record them. And then one day he's going to a he's going to a trade show and he looks up the case and he goes, "Where the hell are all my tapes?" And he looks at me. <laughs> I'd used them all. So that's why I love doing this. I, this is what I did in my 20s, you know, in my college years, late, late uh, teens, early 20s. But I would mix audio and it wasn't digital. It was just all analog. So this is easy. You know, it's fantastic. So what's, um, what's going to be the next big thing, George? 1990 and five, if we talked about what's the biggest thing right now, we had been told well, the, the buzzwords that were hitting bef- in the, in the t- years before all over TV were fiber optics. Fiber optics are coming, and they're, you know, the, they're they're here. They're nobody s- knew then really what that meant, but we knew that meant something good. That meant AT and T was doing something good for us until so someone so. cuts the cable. Do you remember a day, three or four weeks ago, when Herald Radio went off the air in the yes. afternoon? That was the worst support experience of my life. I'm flying back from the West Coast. I'm on on a plane. I had internet, and I get a phone call on my computer from one of my colleges saying can't connect to my server. And I went, oh, that's interesting. So I try to log in, you know, and mm-hmm. I can't get in. I hear another one. I can't get in. I go, well, it must be the plane. I land. I got 40 voicemail messages. There's you, my other newspapers, mm-hmm. all my college. They're off. And so I call this coasting company I have. I don't, I don't own any computers. I lease them. And I put software on them. I've never physically seen them. And there's a data center in San Antonio. Someone cut their fiber with a backhoe. They they're said, well, we're sure. supposed to have four redundant backbones, internet backbones, but right. they're all on the same cable. So, right. so now I get an email from them a few days ago. We're non-service impacting. We're adding more pathways to this data center, you know, so they, yeah. they learned their lesson. But that was four hours and there's nothing I could do about it. And by the time I landed, my wheels down in Boston, everything was back. Do you believe back. the backhoe story, George? You I, I don't, was... actually don't know. I don't know what it was. I'm assuming it was a backhoe, but uh, something, <laughs> cut the, something cut the fiber. Something cut the fiber. What's going to happen if there's a pulse bomb, whatever, and knocks out every computer? Then we're going to have to read again and talk to each other. It'll go back to what it was like when I was well, a kid. Well, if there's no power, I mean, do you know how yeah, to start a fire? Back. I I do actually. I don't think a lot of people know how to do stuff. Yeah, no, they me. don't. Um, I think it wouldn't be as bad as it as it was advertised. It would affect some areas, but not mm. everything, and it would get repaired. It, mm. Things would things would would be not as bad as they thought. That's what I think. But, um, yeah, I think the next big thing is really what's happening with the integration of computers and the human body. How you know, so? Body parts. Um, they're talking about little software robots that can can you know give you just the right amount of drugs mm-hmm. into your that you need for whatever disease you have, and uh, you know robotic surgery and just you know you need an arm. Look at the, this very sad uh, story of the people that were, were injured in the Boston Marathon bombing. Yes. There's a a beautiful young dancer um, is Adrienne Haslett, yep. and and she's now danced with a foot from MIT that's robotic. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in some strange way, you know, I'm sure she'd rather have her life the way it was, but oh, yeah. she's got an opportunity. She's she's excelling, you know, where um, because of technology. So interesting. So that's what you think the next big thing is. That's the next thing. It's and that's that's so they talk about the singularity, right? When when people's minds, if you know, you, you don't have the latest software upgrade for your brain, you're going to be behind everyone else. You know, it's like mm-hmm. not your kids are not going to the right school. Why can't we get a um, replicator? Uh, well, so they're 3D printers. They're just slow, but that's yeah, but the 3D printers. That's the closest thing they we have to it now. Stuff. They carve stuff and make little plates and stack so them up. They, put, 
So you could imagine this where this is going. I want a bowl take, of soup, George. I want to hit the button, and out of nowhere, soup. Hey, there's a place in Boston. This may be a tech minute, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not, not this one, but next one. Um, it's called Spice, S-P-Y-C-E, and it does most of the food preparation is done by robots, and they have like a, a person that kind of finishes it and puts it in a bowl and hands it to you. It's downtown. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of going like right now when we're done. I understand that that's, yeah. but I want I want to be able to conjure something up. I want the holodeck, George. I do too. Although, talk about misuse immediately. That oh, is, that would be people wouldn't come out, uh, right? Well, yeah. there's Men already should not be using the holodeck. I think there's it's a- fair to say <laughs> nothing good can, can come of that. Well, I just I, I had a previous tech minute about the the uh, the force jacket that is. 16 or 32 bladders in it that they can inflate very precisely like they can do it at 40 hertz it means it goes it inflates and deflates 40 times a second and they can make you think there's a snake crawling down your back or you're getting punched or someone's hugging you that's the and you put the goggles on you're almost in the holodeck that's not good would you get a drone uh no i know i might i don't have a reason for it yeah i don't really have a reason for it either drones and radio don't really go you know radio drone what's that right well, propeller is going to make too much noise. You need good microphones. It would be, I know it would be if I get all this acreage. You might need I a drone. I would like to drone over the property and You'd have a drone look at animals and see what else is going on. I'm going to have animals for the first time, George. If this happens, I'll you like could. You could actually have animals: deer and coyotes. Yeah. And- Fisher cats, which I want to see, but do not want to. No, they're they're nasty. Apparently, yeah. I w- even when I we walked and looked at this little meadow. Even in the broad daylight yesterday, as I walked into this meadow, I felt like prey. I felt like <laughs> I am something that is being there really, watched. There really isn't anything in New England other than there's some bears up in Maine that'll kill you. There's no poisonous snakes. There's no scorpions. The fisher yeah, cats only come out at night. There's some they don't. They're not going to show up. They. George, you really. thinking a pissed off raccoon can't kill you? I think it's going to run blast, away. It's, an angry as hell raccoon. If you're standing in your yard in the middle of the night, maybe. Okay, but in mm-hmm. the daytime, nothing. You're not going to see a raccoon. Animals don't quit unless they want to quit. That they don't. They have. They are determined to end you. I get. I get. Um, I get like muskrats in my neighborhood, and occasionally a snapping turtle. Mm. That's a good point, George. I should get a uh, sidearm. I got to shoot uh, hedgehogs or something. You could. Right? <laughs> you have to protect yourself. Yeah. You did a double. You did a double lot six shotgun. You need something with bird shot. It's something Just I can scare them away. Off. So I think it's <laughs> no, that would be in Melrose in a liquor store. That's not what you want. No, no. Melrose doesn't have liquor stores. This is one of the reasons. I'm oh, right. Well, how can you live there? I know. All right, George. Um, anything else we need to get to? Should we wrap this up? I think we're good. No, we, I think got, this has been fantastic. We've got your intro now, George. People have met you, and now I'd we'll, like to come uh, back. Am I invited you, back? Of course, you're coming back. Good. We're I'm doing back. more remotes, by the way, this summer. I have the gear. Let's do remotes. Yeah, absolutely. So this is. I should have did more reading. His name is George Capalbo. It's G Capalbo, which is C A P A L B O. Correct. On Twitter, check him out. He's doing all sorts of stuff, and check out his tech minutes. They are fantastic. I am Tom. Jay is on assignment. Thank you so much for listening to I Should Have Did More Reading.